0: Look at Santa Claus get you? What the hell are you looking at me so funny for? Sorry Santa, I had to go. Oh, was that you? I thought it was me. Culture Wars with Giles Hardy and Dumb Nice. We got a job, Willie. I'm talking millions this time. I got an associate who's got this thing
1: all lined up. What's it been, 15 years? Mom. Well, you still hit like your daddy. Eat me. I traveled across the country to
0: rob a charity. You got a problem with that? You damn right I got a problem with it. No way these assholes have two million bucks. Will you keep it down? Here? It's a Christmas heist movie with hijinks. It's Bad Santa, 2, The sequel to Bad Santa.
1: Giles Hardy, Merry Christmas to you. Oh well, thanks so much, Dom, and welcome everyone to Culture Wars. What does Christmas? Uh, probably Bad Santa is uh, sounds like a tautology. Uh, we'll discover whether we're funnier than it or the other way around.
0: If you haven't heard the podcast before, the idea is that Giles and I haven't told each other what we think of the film. We flip a coin, one of us has
1: to be pro, the other one has to be con. Then, if we're feeling generous in the Christmas spirit at the end, we might tell you what we actually think. Or we could get all scroogey and uh, decide to give you a piece of coal, which is hard to deliver via podcast, but you just watch us try. We'll do our level best.
0: So you'll hear all the best reasons to see bad Santa, all the reasons why you should go nowhere near it. And at the end, something resembling balance. We think it's more fun this way, Giles.
1: Have you got a coin? Oh, look, I do. Hold on a second. Uh, If I tap it against this piece of wood. That's a real coin, people. That's a coin. Yes, that's right. No expense We we don't have to go in for visual effects, but we went in for practical effects. So, Dom, call it in the air, heads or tails? Tails. It's heads. Dom. What's your poison, Giles? Bad Santa 2 is a good film.
0: Oh, it's shocking. All right.
1: Okay, so allow me to explain Bad Santa 2 to everyone. So uh, what I believe is technically 13 years after the adventures of Bad Santa 1, Willie, played by Billy Bob Thornton, uh, returns as uh, the alcoholic safe-cracking son of Kathy Bates' Sonny uh, and nefarious criminal partner to Marcus, the uh, African-American gentleman of diminished height. That's Do you say
0: a little person? Uh, well, the I, film's
1: not actually clear on that. I was just establishing that I'm going to call... If I say that, I'm definitely going to the other end of the spectrum to everything else is accused of being in this Short film. Short stature. Um, look, let's just move on, uh, because what it is is when you take the formula of worst person ever to get into a Santa suit, uh, add to the premise of does so in order to, uh, in this case, rip off a charity in Chicago, we move things to Ch- Chicago so it's at least a white Christmas, uh, and of course entirely adult only shenanigans ensue, that's what you get with Bad Santa too. and the reason this is a good film is because I dare anyone to convince me that this film promises to be anything other than what it is, which is... A case of shotgun humor. Not every joke here hits its target. This is a shotgun that I don't know how you service a shotgun, but this shotgun definitely needs servicing. It it was hitting things behind the person shooting it. But when it does hit, we both laughed quite a lot during this film. And ultimately. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I don't know. See, yeah, I, I, I I'm making a the case. Mocking laugh. I'm, I'm just making the case that if you laugh in a film, by definition, it, in this case at least, it has delivered what it promises.
0: This film, Giles, should not have been made, especially 13 years later. You'd imagine that you know it's kind of like making the Godfather the Part Three, where oh, let's get the script right. Oh, we got to get the, the cast right. Oh, let's tweak it and get it perfect. No, basically, it's the same film again but in Chicago and it's a charity this time. I saw Bad Santa 1, Giles, and I think I have that over you. My then partner made me walk out. Of Bad Santa once. So oh, of the cinema. Of the cinema. And this is something that I, I don't like to do. I think it's, you've got to stick through a film till the end as a rule.
1: Well, certainly, I, I certainly professionally as a critic have a rule that it, given I, for the most part, here's a reveal of the industry, people, don't pay for the, to see the film. And I do have the, the theory that if you don't pay to see the film, you have to at least give it the entire length and duration to try and convince you that it is, is delivering what it promises. Back
0: in 2003, I was not getting free films. I was giving it my precious... Spare time on a date night. And about 40 minutes in or an hour in, we just kind of went, nah. And we were right then, Giles. The problem is it's a one-joke premise. The worst Santa imaginable. The worst human being. No redeeming features. And when we see Billy Bob Thornton at the start, he hasn't improved in time. That gives gives a bit of a catch-up with his past 13 years. The one element besides his, uh, his colleague Marcus Skidmore, played by Tony Cox, That returns is the kid from the first one And that kid is called Thurman Merman He's played by Brett Kelly And in the first one he was an annoying kid Aged about 8 with terrible curly hair In this film he's an annoying grown-up Massively naive, doesn't understand anything,
1: looks ridiculous, is ridiculous. He, he is determined to have been top of the spectrum, uh, and I believe this would be the mentally handicapped spectrum by his employers in the film. He he mentions that, and I think, look, to be fair, that is the nature of this film. This film says it is okay to have the first thing that it is done to Kathy Bates is for her to be punched by her hero, by as we hero. heard in the intro. There, the 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 this is a film that relentlessly mocks. The you know the the stature physical stature of Tony Cox. This is a film that you know does poke fun essentially uh, in a in a in a in a warm hearted way of someone who is mentally handicapped. And this is a film that has Christina Hendricks in it. And, oh, gosh. And, and we and, and I'm sure you're going to come to this, but this is a film that that essentially says why it cast her when at one point. Billy Bob Thornton's character, Willie, congratulates her on the physical capacity of her chest, shall we say.
0: What Christina Hendricks is doing in this film is is a damn shame. Oh, because look- you've got so many great actors in this film. Billy Bob Thornton, I think, is wonderful. I think the idea of him playing the worst human being alive probably has 10 to 20 minutes of, of entertainment on offer. Christina Hendricks' character is just bizarre. All the characters in it, even if they seem likeable at first, they're not... Everyone in this film is terrible, is horrible, is yes, unlikable. that's the
1: thing. That's what I'm talking about. This film, its attitudes and its unlikability, it wears on its red velvet sleeve.
0: And there's a point where uh, early on, Billy Bob Thornton is literally pissing on the memories from the first film, the photo of his uh, ex-girlfriend who's now dead, I, apparently. I, I think
1: it's possible to say he was indicating metaphorically, that yes, we are urinating on the memory of the first film. Yeah. We don't care because the next thing that happens to him is a wad of cash arrives. Like, I think the film's not subtle. It's simply going, so why are we back? It's because the first film made money and the accountant said this one would too.
0: Essentially what we have this time around is instead of ripping off homes of rich people with one exception, there's the heist on a charity. And it's, it's a lot like your average heist film. There's all the scenes of, you know, can we crack the safe... How do we get in, getting caught, the overzealous security guard? It's all stuff we've seen before, Giles. And the fact that these particular unlikable characters are in it doesn't breathe any particular fresh life into it. And yes, okay, there were some funny moments, I can concede that. But for the most time, I was sitting there either just appalled, nauseated or bored. Even the kid who's supposed to be a ray of life because of his balance optimism. All it did, Giles, was made me remember a much funnier
1: film about an overgrown kid at Christmas, Elf. Ah, see, this is this is why I like this film. I like the fact that this is Bad Santa 2. One of the biggest pros for this film in my mind is it's a clever formula. Like, it is, it is one of those things where you can tell that they went, we came up with a really good idea 13 years ago, which is make the worst person into a Santa. Not a genius idea. I don't think anyone's declaring that, you know, the, the good people of Mensa are putting this on at the Christmas party any given year. It's the beginning of the opposite sketch. But it's but it's the it's the whole notion that they came up with the right formula get a really good actor to play a really bad man in a really terrible santa suit and you end up with just that beautiful world of contrasts, and it's the way to mock the Christmas film as well. But I just think the idea that there is a guilty pleasure to the comedy here. Like, there is no gutter that it won't go swimming in in its Santa suit, but it's also the fact there's just a guilty pleasure in the comic premise at the heart of this, which is why if if any other Christmas film arrived and essentially did the same thing but called itself uh, Christmas But You Can't, or some sort of clever title, all we would be saying is, yeah, but they made Bad Santa and this is just Bad Santa too. This film's going, yeah, if you're going to make another Bad Santa film, you should probably just make another Bad Santa film. I think we've all at some point contemplated what we would be like in a Red Santa suit or various other festival-based costumery. Have you? Um, yeah, look, I'm not paying before you. Before this moment? I'm not paying you for therapy, Dom, so I won't take you into the realms of my imagination. Charles, Artie has Santa fantasies. Before. But no, no, but the thing is, well maybe I do I don't know Uh, we'll have to debate that on the toss of a coin another time but it, this not only has the premise of what it would be like if the wrong person was put in the suit, but it really just explores it in every possible fashion. That's why the shotgun humour works, because there's a rule of comedy, which is the first joke you think of you need to throw out. They definitely don't do that here. They always play the first joke as well as nine others. But I kind of like it, because it's just every possible exploration of the worst idea ever. It's not a strength. Gosh, talk about telling your faint prize. That is not a strength. They, they have so many jokes
0: don't land Where you just kind of go Really you're going to do that There's terrible Scatological humour There's body part humour There's one character whose, whose only function Seems to be To be large In a security guard outfit It's just I don't know it, I, I just sat there Wincing for so much Of this film And yes okay One in ten gags laugh But the other ten You're just hearing The clang of the ball Whacking the ring And just going Off in the other direction Because it's trying To be a gross out comedy And the problem is that if a gross-out comedy is made by people without a sure sense of humour, without clear direction, what you get is a jumbled mess. And this is a jumbled mess, unfortunately. I remember the original film being funnier than this. I remember some of the scenes, even though I was dragged out of it in many senses. At least it was consistent. But this film doesn't even know what kind of funny it wants to be. And just when you're thinking, oh, gosh, wow, that's a moment of unrelenting bleakness. I quite like that they went there. There's some stupid fart joke or something, and it just completely ruins even that moment. So it's a film that wants so desperately to be funny and isn't in the end, at least on balance.
1: Look, I I do hear what you're saying, but I I suppose I just think that Bad Santa 2 promises Bad Santa 2. And I think expectations are a huge part of this kind of film. (laughs) Like, I was about to self-censor, then I realised I'm not on a network. This film wants you to be drunk and stoned when you watch it. There is absolutely no part of this poster that doesn't say... Look, I'm staring at the post right now. It is Billy Bob Thornton catatonically drunk on the top of a bar with a shot glass in the shot. There is almost not a scene in this film where someone isn't drinking. The film is pretty much screaming, it'll be funnier if you're not thinking. This is a film for a group. This is a film where if you, you're you smelling wacky tobacky at the Moonlight Cinema, go and find that picnic rug.
0: And you'll be sad at the end of it because it won't have been funny enough. There is such ripe territory in taking the piss out of Christmas. Christmas is ridiculous. Sandra is ridiculous. The forced jollity of the season is so easy to play against and take the piss out of, but they didn't do it well enough. It doesn't parody Christmas. It's not exactly... As though Rudolph flies in and suddenly well, I warms that, everyone's heart. I hearts. actually think
1: that's an interesting part of this one. I, I was torn, but ultimately came down on the positive side of the heart that this film shows. Like it is odd the ways it tries to show heart, and I, I really found it. It needs it because, of course, you have to have pathos for comedy. That is, regardless of your form of comedy and, and whether you are, as, as you're looking forward to doing a ca- Christmas parody or whether you're essentially just doing an excuse to come up with rude jokes in a scenario where that normally just feels like sacrilege. Either way, you always have to have some pathos. You have to have light and shade, otherwise nothing works. And I think this film not only wears its you know, all of its uh, shameless sell-outedness uh, on its sleeve, but it wears its heart on its red velvet sleeve. Billy Bob Thornton plays a torn Willie. He is our protagonist, and he is the one who isn't just uh, you know a, a relentlessly bad person, despite the obvious name of the film.
0: Yeah, but Giles, those moments of heart that you're saying it wears on it—they're so rare. And in essence, almost everyone in the, in the film ends up being on the take. There's no heart, and okay, there's not a, an explosion of saccharine at the end. But all you're talking about is moments where where Willie isn't. Absolutely terrible. Isn't completely appalling. And almost everyone else in the film is. And what is there to like about this film at the end of the day?
1: I don't know. It just can I answer that question? <laughs> it's Willie's reinterpretation of the true story of Christmas. I think it is safe to say that one of my absolute highlights of this film is when Christina Hendrick's character challenges uh, Willie regarding why he is doing this, he delivers the single worst and simultaneously best reinterpretation of the birth of Christ story, which just meanders through this surreal list of misinterpretations, misremembrances, and just factual errors. And it is very, very funny. So my final piece of evidence is... I don't know if they're going to release it as a clip. I really hope they do one day, but Billy Bob Thornton is beautiful uh, as Willie tells you the Christmas story and it is just a funny thing to say.
0: Let's have a listen to the clip.
1: I'm like you. I am all about those kids in the Christmas concert.
0: We all participate. Volunteers, staff. If you're interested, you can join us. You're out of your goddamn mind. They dance around with a bunch of candy canes and shit. Because I'm all about the birth of Christmas. You know, the... Wise guys kicked him out of the hotel. The ejaculate conception and then the drummer that didn't have shit to give him some perfume. And King Midas or one of them threatened to cut the kid in half, turn him into gold. But see, it's a heavy deal for me. Pretty damn heavy.
1: Are you talking about the true meaning of Christmas?
0: Exactly. Bad Santa too. Giles, we flipped a coin. You were pro. I was kind, and I—I I, I feel that I—I I was more frustrated than having fun tearing strips of paint off at Charles.
1: I was sober. I spent a lot of time in this film challenging whether it was me or the film because we were both laughing, uh, and yeah, at least and, every couple
0: of minutes. And, True. and
1: and at the same time, we were both grimacing. I never actually stared at you in the face during the film, but I was confident that you, like I, were grimacing at times. And ultimately, what I just decided is when I say they think you should be drunk or stoned, they're really not going to forgive you if you don't. So, look, Bad Santa 2, it, it is. It I, I find it very hard to be hypercritical of Bad Santa 2 because there is no part of this film that is holding itself out as anything other than what it is. Uh, there is funniness in here. I have to acknowledge that the misogyny of this film is a little concerning. Um, oh, it's massive. I mean, yeah, it, it, it is relentless and I think... The reason I say I only say it's a little concerning is because in, if the film wasn't owning it, it would be massively concerning. But even on top of the fact that this film clearly is 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 shameless in all regards, it's explicit misogyny. I can almost forgive, and I realize I'm a male; it's not my job to forgive it, but I can I can justify. I could make a case for because it is clearly it'll just attack anyone. But what actually? It's like from the eighties, isn't it? One of those oh, exactly. things it's, where everyone, all the men are just randy but, horn dogs. But but what? The misogyny I find very hard to forgive in this film is the female talent that is in the film is utterly wasted. Like that, that I think was my greatest frustration. Christina Hendricks, I, I, it's nothing a, for her look, to do. A slight spoiler, but Christa, they, and it's only by absence. Christina Hendrix's character, I fully anticipated, was going to have an act three. Uh, you know, reverse, reverse. Mm. Somehow between she and Willie, there would be a uh, a, a dual flipping of morality slash status. The, apart from else, that would justify why they cast Christina Hendricks. Yeah, uh, that that really was frustrating. So I, I suppose what I'm trying to say in 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 my uh, f- yeah, muddled way is. Where this film's explicit misogyny is technically forgivable because it's sort of it ultimately wears it on a sleeve, it's actually the inbuilt misogyny of wasting the female talent. The fact that they actually have multiple female characters and still fail the Bechdel test, even in the notion of them having a conversation with each other. So that's true. Um that frustrated me. And
0: Giles, I think I think the best thing about the film for me was actually Kathy Bates um as the mother character. She was very funny and unrelenting in the characterization. She was the perfect. Eternal foil to Billy Bob Thornton When we first see her um, She's dressed up like the, the wonderful little old lady From uh, you know the church social committee She isn't And the, the way that her character is revealed Is very, very funny indeed As are all the twists along the way I think the things that can be said for the film There were certainly some surprises in the narrative Okay, look
1: I didn't know how that was going to end yeah. I must admit that actually There surprised, were a lot of surprises I was surprised, along surprised the way. that I was surprised by the end
0: And it was one of those heist films Where you never know who's going to double cross who They, they yeah. did a pretty good job with that but in the end, yeah, look, see it. But if you're going to see it, see it on a plane where there's free booze. Yeah. Have the free and booze. And where you can't move. It <laughs> might be funnier. <laughs> because this film, great actors, really funny premise. Billy
1: Bob Thornton, as, a, as the world's worst Santa, is a funny idea.
0: If only yeah. they'd written better jokes.
1: And I think it's important to know, we're not advocating drinking. We're just advocating being not entirely conscious in, at the and 101% level that you probably approach your normal life, dear listener. Yeah, when you be responsible. See this film. But yeah, look, I, d- I did laugh at this film. And, and I think if I'd been drunker, I would have laughed more.
0: But if you like Bad Santa <laughs> 1, it's probably more of the same.
1: I didn't see how it ended. Uh, and having not seen Bad Santa 1, it'll shock you to learn I didn't struggle to pick up what the concept was.
0: Charles Merry Christmas.
1: Oh, and a happy
0: new film. You can subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. We'll have another one out.
1: Do you know what and you can also do, Dom? You can talk to us. You, you can, can talk to us on Twitter. We are shockingly Giles Hardy and Dom Knight on Twitter. You can also talk to us on Facebook. What's our Facebook address? It is Facebook.com
0: slash culture wars podcast or just search for Culture Wars in, in the bar up the top. You'll find us. You can say hello.
1: And we do say hello back. We're, we're that kind of people. We don't toss a coin and one of us hates you and one of us likes you. we we're, we're, we're more just sincere and, and engaging like human beings. There. Say
0: hello. If, look, if there's anything coming up that you particularly want us to review, tell us about that as well. We will do our level best, Giles.
1: Okay. And, uh, yeah, happy Christmas, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. Just not at this film. Don't call them that.